All right. And we are live. The last word. Law Cognito, Ibantis, Ty Guy, Travis, fresh on that Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time. Time so here at the Destiny Campfire here to talk everything. Nice esteemed guests being patient. But uh let's start with the cheetah first, man. E, how are you doing, sir? Big stream, big, yes. big things going yes. on. What's going uh, on with you? Had an awesome day today. Uh, if you guys were here for the earlier stream, I got to do my featured stream for Game to Give, and I broke our my community personal record. So last year was cool because, um, sorry, I thought somebody in chat said no sound. Um, last year was cool because I broke ten thousand just over the years that I've been doing this, and then this year in one day we raised over five thousand dollars for the Bungie Foundation. And honestly, it's it blows me away because it's all the community. It's like, yeah, I'm here, you know, giving you guys a source to put your generosity to something. But no, it's all the community, everybody who donated today, just some absolute legends, just making things happen. There was hot sauce consumed. There were a lot of workouts that were done. And uh, the body's going to be feeling weird things tomorrow, but it's all for a good cause. So I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, all of that. And then also a few days earlier, but... Um, I got a chance to get early access to Prince of Persia, and I can't rave about that game enough. Totally separate note, but Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, Metroidvania, sitting among the greats. It really is. Um, from everything that I've experienced, I haven't 100% in it, but I'm about 75% at this point. Uh, the accessibility options and difficulty options open it up to a lot of people, which is a really, I think, very unique thing, because some people may hear Hollow Knight and the challenge and not really want to dive in if it's too hard or something. I love how they opened the accessibility up to either speedrunners who want to do a crazy hard difficulty no-hit challenge or, you know, baby's first Metroidvania. And it's got everything in between, and I love that. So very, very excellent game. Combat's like a fighting game. You would actually love it. There's a practice mode where you've got, like, juggling and stuff. It's just easy 9 out of 10 for me, please. If you want a good Metroidvania, if you get it on Steam Deck, wherever, it's a blast. Absolutely. Uh, Travis, what have you been up to, man? I am playing games uh, <laughs> that you a, can't talk about. <laughs> that you can't talk about. Uh, no, I think I can talk about some of them now. Um, oh, I can say NDA that I, gang. Yeah, NDA gang. Uh, so first, I can talk about my review in progress, which went live today for Pal World, which is, um, if you don't know about it, it's coming to Game Pass tomorrow. Yeah. It is a Pokemon-like creature collecting game. Uh, however, it is actually a survival game where yep. you use your your creature collector creatures mm -hmm. to help you. So you capture them and then you bring them back to camp and you have them use their unique abilities to help you run your camp. So for example, if you're trying to uh, farm food, you can have a plant pal fit mm -hmm. uh, seeds into the plot. And then you can have a, uh, a water pal water it with his water abilities. And then you can have a, a pal with claws, uh, so you're just the so you're capturing workers is what you're capturing. Yeah, you're, it seems you, very... you are you are not even they don't even try to hide it. Like <laughs> the, 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 you're, 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 just to be clear, your <laughs> pal start your pals start to develop like mental conditions due to poor working conditions. <laughs> oh my god. And oh no. if they get too <laughs> real they get, yeah, if they too, get much. too far if they get too far along you can kill and eat your pals, obviously, because it's a survival game. So you got to keep that hunger meter uh, full. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you can also later in the game, you get guns. Did I mention it has guns in it and you can give like guns to your guns. pals. You can give guns to your pals. Uh, oh, wow. But but also 
it's a survival game so you need to keep your ammo and you need to keep your weapons maintained mm. and really the only way to do that is in the later game you build factories and then make your pals work in them on conveyor belt lines aka you build <laughs> pal sweatshops in the game canonically it is very weird it is a super like <laughs> just bizarre game and the more you play it you're like at first, you're, you know, when you start in the game and you're like, wow, I'm just beating up these pals with my bare hands and then putting them into a ball. Um, and then later in the game, you're shooting them with guns. And then wow. once they get low enough health, you're putting them in, in a ball. Just a lot, of, a lot while, of positivity here for these pals. Very They're having a great time. Very kid friendly. Yeah. This is very kid friendly for sure. Here, oh, yeah. This here's is for the, the kids. Thing. Here's the thing. It is only weird for like 10 minutes. And then after that, it's totally normal. And then it's a video game you're and you're totally, like, all right. You're, you're totally desensitized to it. Then you're just like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my pals. I gotta put them in the factory. Oh, that one got sick. Put them down. And you know, you just kind of keep just going through the motion of it. So that is that um, is a weird level of realism for a Pokemon. Yeah. Like damn dude. near knockoff. Like dude, really too. It, it, no. no, here's the thing is it looks like a knockoff, but it's really not. The only thing that is knockoff about it is that it's obviously a creature collecting game. Yeah. And that a lot of the pals look very much like Pokemon. That's what I, like that's what I meant. The Pokemon them or the, the pals themselves that have part, some pretty close yeah. art. That's what I meant. Was yeah, the yeah. That part is super, super knockoff. But the actual game, it is like it has more in common with grounded than it has with oh, Pokemon okay. in terms of like the game format. Mm -hmm. Like it's really about exploring and surviving and taking down bosses. And obviously you have to contend with uh the bad pal trainers out there even worse than you they make you look wow. good because they just oh, go out in the woods with guns and just kill them and take their pelts they're not even trying to befriend them first so you know um it's a game it's, it's a game. game it is a it is yeah, a video a game. game what's My the review is not done i'm probably like 25 hours into it i've oh, ju just got a code the the review in progress is up right now. Review in progress my, are up and down. My review, my, right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, my review in progress score is eight out of ten. Mm. I don't know if that'll move. Oh. I haven't really gotten super far into the end game, but it is a very good game. Like it's fun. I've got end game. We got raids. We got, we got end game. We got dungeons. We got strikes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a surprising amount to do, and the important thing is, or the, like the surprising thing is that it's pretty fleshed out, and I haven't really run into any bugs or anything. And it okay. is a early access game. Like it's launching yeah. into the preview program on Xbox. So cool. this is you know pre it's 1.0 yeah. version and it's and it's surprisingly good so cool. um yeah there, there's that um i uh, covered diablo 4 season 3 yeah. uh, season of the construct which you can see they they announced and i had a bunch of stuff uh to put out for that um and yeah i, I think i can't talk about the rest but yeah i'm, I'm working on stuff it's fun it's good to be back guys good to be back this is a man who hates vacation unless you're wondering when he says he's like i'm back i'm busy i have no time to myself hates vacation so cog what about you somebody who also has trouble yeah. taking time off in a way I don't know. Just uh, it's been uh, finish up my my Destiny Star chores. So I'm all caught up on story and everything I need to do there. And then um, yeah, just Baldur's Gate. I've been really getting uh deeper with that, and um, it's it's been it's been really fun. It's been I, I'm not gonna the, the it's it's at first it was a little daunting, but now I'm really getting into the mechanics of my character, my build, and the whole bit. So yeah, that's been going on for me. But uh, we've been yapping long enough. We got it. We got this special guest here that we we gotta bring in. We Indeed. All right. Welcome to the last word, episode number two hundred and eighty 
Hot sauce has been consumed. Emblems have been given away. Tons of money has been raised and Game to Give just started today. When gaming does good, it feels great to be part of it. And our guest tonight is helping lead the efforts of one of the biggest sources of gaming doing great things in the entire world. A man who started his gaming journey with the iconic sound of Sega and whose early memories include a blue hedgehog, fatalities and ooze. He started young from PlayStation cementing two of his games of his all-time top 10, Code Red fueling his late-night Master Chief moments, and standing smack in the middle of the epic storytelling and zombie game Venn Diagram, one gu- our guest is just a fan of fun and memorable moments in games that they can bring for us. And memorable moments are the ones that matter. A man whose job is literally showing the world all the good that can be done when amazing communities come together to support causes like helping kids and parents face the toughest times in their lives and lending support to those whose lives get upended by disasters. We knew he was destined for something more when he led the charge to pull his finance buddies across the triathlon finish line and help raise over $100,000. So let's welcome a man that knows that Destiny soundtracks are still underrated to this day and go with him everywhere. I knew Cog was going to love that. That and some heavy metal to make sure things are always balanced. A true wildcat at heart, executive leadership member of the Leukemia and Lifoma Society, producer at the Bungie Foundation, someone who isn't afraid to dabble in Japanese, has very strong opinions about pizza, which we have to figure out what those are, enjoys a libation every now and then, likely from the agave plant, and could die a happy man in the Cinderella Castle. Let's welcome the one, the only, Jared Ludi. How you doing tonight, sir? Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, it's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, amazing introduction. You make me sound a lot cooler than I am, but I appreciate it. Um, what we're here for. Yeah, it's it's been a day. You know, game to give launched today. Um, game to give, baby. It is. It has been a a ride like i've (laughs) I've never seen anything like this i think we uh i checked in before we hopped on the call we were at over nine hundred thousand dollars in 16 hours wow like speechless i don't have words to like explain (laughs) like what this means like we've never seen anything like this before um our biggest single day total ever before this was 300k and that was uh wow, wow. over the s- last summer during bungee day and we thought that was amazing mm. like we've already i mean i'm just gonna say it like let's go there's a chance that we hit a million bucks while we're talking and then over Ooh, the next hour geez. i don't know what, what wow. do we do what do we do if that happens do we like party do we like i don't know to take a shot of like uh the bomb all together in unison to celebrate right not a whole shot i will recommend not a whole shot i had three drops on my little chicken nugget way too much way too much (laughs) yeah yeah let's not do a whole shot it's fair it's fair (laughs) but yeah today's been a crazy day a crazy good day like i cannot thank the community enough for what's happened today Mm -hmm. like this is yes crazy honestly crazy we thought we had a good campaign planned out you know we had a lot of new stuff happening um you know we were optimistic about you know our goal and and how people would receive a lot of the new stuff that we're trying out like our merch right here right now check it out um 
Ooh. That's a sweet design. So okay, good. There we go. I have there to give go. I have to give props to uh, my teammate Austin with the Bungie mm -hmm. Foundation. Uh, he is an amazing designer. There's the hoodie. I love yeah, the hoodie. that. That thing fire. is warm. If you Tough. if you live in a cold climate, you need that hoodie. It is very warm. <laughs> um, he designed all this, and he's not a designer by trade. He came from the healthcare industry. He helped oh. basically pioneer our 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 little lights program formerly known as ipads for kids um starting at seattle children's hospital so like his background's in healthcare not not design he's done like all the all the art all the logos everything you see on the site throughout the campaign on socials the overlays that's all him and he's done a crazy amazing job so i have to give him all the props in the world for that yeah. um so yeah but it's been it's been crazy it's we did not expect this type of turnout um, nice. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm humbled. Yeah. Absolutely. If I keep talking it. about it, I'll probably like start getting emotional and then oh, you know, I'll just blame free. it on like the onions next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just over here cutting onions. I'm sorry. No, that was me earlier, guys, but different reasons. You're fantastic. And just to see that type of work being done in the community and what Bungie's been a part of, it's just, it's been awesome to see your energy, you know, towards it is great. And what I find is like your journey to before you got to this space right is is also really intriguing to me and you know as a person who's, who's a hardcore gamer you know you, you've got uh you've got quite the resume right there and i, I wanted to we'll touch on from the beginning before we get to currently what we're doing now and all the great things that's going on right now is um that uh someone's a sega kid started out just, yeah how, how did this happen in a in a world full of uh nintendo fans like my like my co-host you know he, bonds, he's, he, he was a strong nintendo guy i grew up around a lot of nintendo guys, so i'm just how did you become this that, that seems to be the anomaly on me out like i did something wrong yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, I mean gotta like geez, i mean i'm being shamed here for not owning a snes or something <laughs> like that um i i don't know like i mean it was so long ago when i I got my Sega. I had to be, I don't know, five, five, six, something like that. Um, I, honestly, it was probably my parents' fault. So let's blame them. Like, it's their fault. They got there, like, oh, let's get them a video game system. They got me a Sega. So, mm -hmm. you know, why they got a Sega? Who knows? Maybe it was on sale at Toys R Us versus <laughs> like an SNES. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, I played like Sonic, I think, was probably one of the first games I ever played. Somehow I was able to play Mortal Kombat on Sega. My parents oh, allowed yeah, that. Allowed Don't know. Hell yeah. <laughs> More like they probably were like, oh, that's fine. You can do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Just yeah. the ninjas on the box. We don't know anything else yeah. that's going on. That guy looks cool. Uh, but to my parents' credit, uh, they did try to play video games with me when I was a kid. I do remember that. Nice. Um, there were a couple different games they would play with me. Um, and I would teach them, you know this day and age i don't think they could hang but uh <laughs> you know the, the old three button controller yeah. you know jump move punch yeah life is simpler back then yeah yep. abc handle that yeah. <laughs> no doubt so you go from that and then um you, again the, the passion for video games continued on i'm, I'm assuming yeah. and then the other thing that i think that's kind of a similar path is um you you went into playstation and i'm assuming playstation one and um, obviously, you got some some standouts there, like Final Fantasy series and, and Metal Gear. So, like, why does those resonate so much with you? Yeah, uh, you know, I remember when PlayStation came out, and I wanted one. Like, you know, the whole disc we go from cartridge to disc, right? And it was like this big leap in technology, right? We don't see that really anymore, right? We'll probably never see that type of leap again. Yeah. Um, but it was 
just blew your mind with the graphics, the visuals, the, mm-hmm. the new style of play. Like, oh, yeah. I think, and I was older, you know, when I got my PlayStation and, you know, I started to think, you know, I think when the PlayStation came out, you got this, you know, it's the nineties and you got mm-hmm. pulled into this allure of ja- Japan, Japanese yes. gaming, the culture yes. there. And it was at its height during that time. You just kind of got sucked into all that. And like, it was just cool. Like as like a, a kid, you're just like, oh, this is really cool and interesting. For the games, I mean, Final Fantasy VIII. It's probably Ooh. one of the first games I ever played on PlayStation One. Oh, wow. uh, I I just I devoured it. Like I just went Ooh. through it. People would be like, well, "What about seven? I'm like, "Yeah, I played seven. It was good. Seven's great, right? Easy like, to Don't be slander. Like, I like you, Gary. Don't be slander. I'm gonna let you. Eight holds that special place in my heart. This is your experience. I'll be a silly. Continue, continue, continue. They, they give all the they give all the remake love to seven. I'm like, yo, can Squall get some love, please? Yo, like, I want that Gunblade back. I don't. The Buster Sword's cool, but can I get like a collab with a Gunblade instead of the Buster Sword? You know, where we at Man. Square Enix? Come on, Square. Um. And then Metal Gear Solid. I just stayed like Metal Gear Solid. There's just I remember playing that game with friends. Like we had to be probably twelve. I don't know. Again, I don't know how I got the game because you're not supposed to buy those mature titles back then. But um, I remember trying to beat some of those bosses. They were hard, right? Like you're like gaming was hard back then, and there weren't like all these. You couldn't just watch like your favorite creator on YouTube or Twitch and just be like, oh, that's how he does it. Oh, that's how you do this build. Oh, I get it. That's the strategy. It's like you kind of had had to go to the store and buy like the game books, right? Yeah, or find some yeah, like yeah. text file like, online. Yep. Uh, game facts. Game fact, yeah. That was, was the sources. Or if we we do the Brady strategy game, tra- strategy guys. If you were happy, yep. a strategy guy. Sometimes they would sell them in conjunction with the game release at oh, yeah. the time. Yes. Sometimes trying yep. to, to make the money. So yeah, it was different back then. We didn't have the Abantuses. We didn't have the Ty Guy Travises. We could go and get those detailed walkthroughs. <laughs> it was rough back in the day with gaming. Out and it was great. It was super fun. Like we were, ch- like there's two, there's two, there's two uh levels in that game that stick out. It's the the level where like you're kind of strapped and they're shocking you and you have to mash circle like as hard as you can, and it's really hard. Like when you're like an 11 year old, you're like I don't have that type of coordination. You're just trying to get through, only to find out you actually didn't actually have to do it. You could have taken like the easy way out, and it's mm-hmm. the same result. Mm-hmm. And then there's the psychomantis, right? The Plug psychomantis. the controller Plug into the, control. the other. He starts reading your memory card and you're freaking out. Like it's what's going on? It's Still one of the coolest know. moments yeah. in gaming that I've ever experienced to this day. And like so that, awesome. I think those those experiences hooked me into into gaming and the industry. And then from there it was just uh, you know. Yeah. The rest is oh, history, as they say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got some stuff for you, Trav. He's got some some Halo love and some uh, some that. FPS. So we got. I'm gonna let you take over that chapter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how high? How high did you get your rank in Halo Two? Comp playlist. <sighs> Comp ladder. Oh, talk. <laughs> Not high. I would just mess around with a friend drinking my code red, which is I still drink red things, obviously. It's forever yeah, my gotta. blood. Yeah. Um, that's how it gets red. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't remember my old Halo rank. I remember like my Call of Duty ranks. That's where I grinded a lot more. Halo was more of the 
play with friends at night and all night long. Whereas mm-hmm. the Call of Duty is where I'd sit in my room and play till 3 a.m. by myself. Oh, and you was the prestige dude. You was, oh, you, yeah. yeah. Those early prestige days. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Showed off them emblems. Everybody knew. Oh, okay. How much? Yeah, how much yeah. time he put in? I, I got you. All right. This guy lives in Call of Duty. I see how it is. And you were yeah. like ranked ten in the first like week or something, just I, not sleeping. I, I, yeah. I will say when we had Brianna on, I, I, those um lobbies, sir, made made men out of a lot of people. Those are oh, the voice lobbies. <laughs> Search and yeah. destroy lobbies after the bathroom. <laughs> it was you, you learned. You learned some things growing up in game. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just a couple. The things you hear in those in the early days. I mean, still today, it's not great, but like the early days, you're like, and you you're like, okay, what's going oh, on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I get you. Yeah. E, 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 were you ever part of that? I was going to ask you that. If you ever, oh, I mean, I played some. That? Like, I just, mm. I don't know, didn't. Yeah, I heard some things, but it was like it was not the end of the world either here nor there. I guess, but I probably didn't hear anything too dramatic and game changing. I know. I probably wasn't around it as much. I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, nice, nice. So from there, you go, you go into um, you still stick at kind of FPS and your stuff. You, you rock and PlayStation, and then so Destiny comes in because of your love, obviously for for Halo, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I need to know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, how did we now we kind of fast forward to Destiny? Yeah, I mean, growing up, Halo was a huge part of my gaming growth put it that way my my childhood my teenhood my college days you know when you find out that bungie right bungie by then is like everybody knows bungie right they made halo right yeah. I, I joke you know i like to you know when i tell f- friends or family that i work in video games now they're like oh where do you work i'm like bungie they're like what's that and i'm like oh they made halo and like even if they have no idea what uh mm, yep. like games destiny is or what bungie actually is when i say halo they're like oh i get it wow. like it became it was like that cultural phenomenon right yeah. back in those mm-hmm. days there was a industry breaking ground breaking game yeah, title absolutely. so when they announced destiny and they show those early marketing and the trailers and the I'm like that just looks cool there's nothing like that and i remember like reading up on it i definitely have uh, magazines from back in the day, still from like all the uh, articles they did about it before the yes. release, you know. And it was one of the first games that you could pre-download on your PlayStation, PlayStation mm-hmm. Three. Um, and I remember doing it, and I was like, I was in New York at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play this at midnight. I can't wait till it comes out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm-hmm. Turn on the TV at midnight, and then I see oh, three hours remaining. <laughs> Pacific time, I just didn't even dawn on me, right? That yeah. it would just not release everywhere at midnight in you know New York because New York's the capital of the world. And yeah, I'll stand us. on that. Yes, yes, yes. On that. we New Yorkers, we know how that. We, the world revolves around us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then yeah, just like getting into that. Like, I waited till three. Not yours. 
That's not yours. Is that ours? You guys, you guys get I'm over here with nothing. You know? It's fine. I'm over here with nothing. The bank day begins over you. The financial. You get the Wall Street. You get the, if, we get the thing, if it's a tech thing, if it's a video game reset, PST, baby. That's Bro, right. You, you, you're right. Because <laughs> right. Garrett, Garrett we, we had to wait. I remember those days. Like You had to wait. We, it's like, damn, but... Oh, this is Pacific time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I could have I gone to Best Buy because I was in New York at the time. They had midnight releases. Midnight release. I could have gone to Best Buy, got the mm-hmm. disc, but then you got to do the disc and download the thing anyway. So mm-hmm. I figured I'd you know, try to like cheat the, the system and try to mm-hmm. get there online as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out that Pacific time actually exists. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And then, yeah, I, I waited till three. I turned it on and it was, it was awesome, right? Like it just groundbreaking gameplay visuals cinematic that first mission was super cool you just didn't you had no expectations right did Again, you it was still... did you replay it like multiple times i was gonna ask you i re- like the beta or whatever you can get up to like level eight and then i'd make another character and try and level yes. did you do it multiple times yes yes okay. i did yeah yes. i remember i was gonna play the beta and i was like oh Yes, I can't do. I gotta do this again. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, now we gotta ask the question because now we cook it with the with mm. the beta and the alpha days, right? And you you bring balance to the last word right now. For we don't have a lot of hunters come through. I have warlock here. We got two titans. So tell me that character select screen. What was it about the hunter that drew you in? The hunter. First of all, hunters are the best, uh, and you know, and already, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the Tell coolest looking. They're the Tell coolest. A lot of hunters, the best. Citizen, my boy, citizen. They do the hunter. coolest things. They have the coolest like movement and mechanics, and we can jump. Mm. We can high jump. level. Oh, you yeah. can jump. Oh yeah, because we we, we flew. We flew. But um, so so is it is it is it like a, do you feel like it's a skill gap thing? You feel like you're playing the game at a higher level, whereas I'm throwing down a riff for these guys are throwing their little barrier and they they bonk and stuff with their head. Like, what is it about the hunter? Tell me the give me the mindset of the hunter. If Why we were in a courtroom, I think somebody would object to a leading question or something, right? Yeah, leading, no, leading, <laughs> leading the witness. I think like, the hunters day day right now. Come on, the hunters are kind of like you know. Your your spec ops, rangers, delta force, steel, okay. like super, you know, they got they look cool, they do the cool things, they move cool. And then the other ones are kind of like, okay, your your warlocks are kind of like your medics, and then uh then the the titans are the uh, the grunts, right? Like that's you know <laughs> we need them, we need them, but like, you know. Travis, I, you gotta fight back. He's going too hard on us. <laughs> he slammed in all of our classes. I don't have to fight back. I've seen his KD. Oh, oh he's gonna go deep dive on me. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, we twisted the knife. <laughs> why? Why do I need to fight back? Somebody already won the fight against him. <laughs> I didn't say. Wait, I did say like I would. We we like like we're good at what we do. We just look good doing it. That's that is fair. Fashion over function. Yeah. I mean, you fashion can have that one. Hunters fashion. are the most fashionable. I'll give you that. They're kind yes. of like, um, you know, one yes. of those fancy sports cars that is impractical to actually use. You know, one of those things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good analogy. I will say, I was when I, the character selection. I was tempted with the hunter. The, of course, the hoodie. You know what I'm saying? You know the look. It's sled and obviously Lord Cog, You know what I mean? Like it's very ninja. 
like focus, nimble agility, that kind of stuff. So I, I will give you that. I my only issue with y'all in the beginning, not until now, you guys have evolved to a spot that if if D two came out like the way it, the D one was. Like you got like the one off supers. You have more versatilities with the supers and stuff. So the next question is Yes, what yes, he has a lot of versatile supers. Both of you do versus what we have. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. It's not a sore subject or anything. Sorry, sorry for the, for the <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. So my question is so what were you were you a golden gun? Were you what were you rocking subclass wise first? Or drew you the most? So I, I could say easily the least would be yes. arc. Okay. That would be the least. I think it depends on the content I'm playing. I think if I'm doing a lot of solo stuff, uh, I I default to void because I need to go invisible because I don't have my warlock to heal me or my titan to put up a shield around me and make sure I don't get blown up. Um, <laughs> so I just go invisible a lot. But I think personally, my f- I love stasis. I think it's a cool, stylish class. Like again, the super is cool. You jump up in the air, do the flippy, throw the thing, and then like it's again. It may be not a popular opinion. I I like stasis as a class. I think it's fun to play. But I think historically, probably especially in the early days, it was golden gun um, that I used probably the most. And I actually like. I finally spent some time like learning how to do like a kind of a build for a class, which I never really had done before recently. Mm-hmm. And I finally built out a pretty good solar hunter, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. I figured out how to like get my gunpowder gamble like yep. on my back super quick and the knives and like get my the what's the, the when they throw the knife as the super, I forget the name of it. But uh get that play, like recharge right away. Yeah. Rush. Oh yeah, the one off. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's really. Like, I haven't seen people use that in a while. I kind of forgot that was in the game. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I only use it. I, I'm again. I'm I'm a I'm a noob when it comes to builds. So like, <laughs> I was like, it worked for me. It's probably someone look at it. And you guys just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this is not optimal. No, you no. good. You good. That, that's what's I like up, playing man. against the meta. I respect that. Yeah, I respect yeah. it. Yeah, yeah if it works for you, that's the biggest thing. I've probably made some goofy ways to get through solo dungeons and stuff, but uh, yeah. it's what got me through it. Whatever it was, that's all that matters usually. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what I think was probably interest Travis is your uh, you, you kind of did, did a lot of PvP early, right? Like, like you started. To, when did that kind of you know start? And what gravitated towards you to PvP? I mean, the PvP that? comes from the you know the Call of Duty Halo days, where that's the you know that's all I played. Um, I remember. Fun, funny story about how much I was like addicted to PvP type gameplay. I studied abroad in Japan uh, during my junior year, and we had lap. The school gave us laptops. Um, I was like so addicted to Call of Duty at the time. I got a Japanese copy of Call of Duty to play on like my university laptop, which had no graphics card or anything in it. I played it so much on like the lowest settings. I actually melted the motherboard. <laughs> That's and like good. this wasn't this That's wasn't my good. laptop. This was like the school's laptop that they give you. So I had to like go through the school to Dell to get like a local representative from Dell to come replace my motherboard and my laptop, all in Japanese. And I'm just like, okay, it was wild. <laughs> That's impressive. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, so those days led me to the PvP. I, I played a ton of PvP and one um Ooh. i just it was what i knew and i just you those know were the days quick content like mm-hmm. easy 
And yeah, and I think as D2 came out and like the content expanded, you got a lot more deeper into the narrative and, and story and just everything kind of changed. Like I got more into the PVE content. And I just maybe I got old, but like I couldn't keep up anymore. Yeah, re- reflexes get a little, <laughs> let get a little older there. Yeah, I know what you mean. I leave yeah. that to the young bucks, like Chad. Yeah, <laughs> salute. But I'll open it because I, I got tons of questions for you, but I don't want to uh, dominate the, the conversation. So, Eve, please, Trav, please, if you guys have questions, I, I have tons of stuff. Trav, you can go. And other stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want to get into charity now? Here, yeah, we can jump into. Yeah, got a good gaming good. history. It sounds like we got yeah. to know what. What got in there? I kind of wanted to ask you. We got an idea, but not everybody knows it. Just a little, a little brief history of how you went from your degree, which is very similar to almost damn near the same thing mine is, to what you were doing now, working for the Bungie Foundation, doing all the greatness that you're doing. So how did how did that transition happen from obviously New York and that world to where you are now? Pretty big change. Yeah. Um, I've been a, a definitely a journey. Uh, so I, I have a degree in finance, but I went, I moved to Japan after I graduated, worked there for a few years. Uh, I was an English teacher. I was a recruiter, did a bunch of things, came back. I was like, okay, I got to do, a, put my expensive degree to use, uh, <laughs> pay down those loans. Um, I got a job in New York in finance, but at, at a bank, but in actually in technology. Um, so I was you know, supporting uh, the trading side of the bank, but on the te- technology side, Kind of like as a producer, project manager, product manager um, role. And like, I thought that was my career. That that's where I was going to, you know, live the New York City life. Uh, mm-hmm. I always was trying to tried to figure a way to get into gaming out there. There's only really one studio out there, Rockstar, Rockstar right? Rockstar, That's all we got. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. And I interviewed there, but I, you know, I didn't have any experience. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, hey, you know, always keep my my ear to the ground, see if I hear something. Um, but then I, you know, ended up moving out here, um, which meant quitting my job. Um, uh, the the wife took a job at Amazon, so we packed up our one bedroom in the Upper West Side and moved out to Seattle. Remote work hadn't been invented yet; it was pre-COVID. Um, and I was like, "Okay, uh, if uh, I'm moving out to Seattle, then this is my chance to get into gaming." Um, and you know, it took a while. Like, in, you know, this is to, for anybody who is trying to break into the industry, um, who's coming from a different industry. It's hard. Uh, you're going to go through some dark days. You're going to go through times where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to give, like, give up and just I'm resigned to whatever job I'm in now. Um, mm-hmm. And all I can say is keep pushing. Mm. Um, try to you know, improve your skills where you can pick up knowledge, network, make contacts, um, these incremental things. And honestly, people always ask, like, how do you, what's, what's the best way to break into the industry? Like, make something. Like doing that on your own is gonna is gonna you know stand out more than a lot of hard technical skills. Obviously, it depends on the area, but yeah, you know. And yeah, it took me two just over two years of job hunting wow. to 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 find the role here at Bungie. I had interviewed at Bungie too before. Um, yeah. You know, when I kind of like when I first arrived, you know, I was more of a technical producer type role. Um, that fit a lot of my background that I was doing at the bank. Um, 
And so I interviewed, I was like a final candidate. I was like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. Um, and then I lost out in the role, um, you know, someone with a lot more experience in industry experience. And I was down. Yeah. Um, took a while. Like I stopped playing Destiny. I was just like, Ooh. I don't want to touch like Bungie or it. Destiny right it. now. It's, just, it's hard. It's raw. It's raw. Um, yeah. And then, you know, kept job hunting. You know, this is COVID too, right? So like... Ooh. You know, everything's a bit different, but potentially better because remote work was starting to be a, a thing. Right. Um, and then I found the listing for the Bungie Foundation. I'm like, huh, what's the Bungie Foundation? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know. I didn't know Bungie had a had a nonprofit, a charity. And I think that's a, a similar, you know, thing for most of our community. They don't they don't really know we exist. Um, so it's on us. It's one of our my jobs my job to like increase that awareness. Um, right. And share the mission, share the story of, of what we do. Uh, it's important. Um, we're literally one of only two companies that has a nonprofit tied to a video game studio. Um, and that's huge. Like We have a very, very large community, an extended community, if you look back over time and the other IP and titles that we've put out, um, that we have the ability to tap into because of the Bungie name that we can use for good and bring change to the world. Um, so we're working on it. Um, and we're really trying to let people know that, hey, we exist. We do some really amazing, impactful work with, with kids, with uh, on the humanitarian side, with our partners um, on the ID&E side. Um, so we're working on it. We're, we're really trying to spread the word. Um, but yeah, I found I found their role and I was like, what's this job? They were looking for a producer, again, similar type skill set, less technical, but so I was about um, to ask you because it with your skill set, because I know you're coming from a really technical thing to now this. Did did you have any trepidation with, with that? That it would be too much of a shift, or you still felt it was in pocket? A little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, like being a producer means a lot of different things. Um, especially yeah. you know, in the gaming world and even within a, a studio, like a producer in one area discipline might is going to do something completely different than a producer in another discipline. Um, and so my role is like really kind of a, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, but you know, I was nervous, right? Like, do I actually belong in a game studio with my background? Ooh, like I've never yeah. made games before I play mm-hmm. games. You know, I've done some, I've had, did like a certificate program. I've built some small little things through that. Do I know what I'm doing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think the the really the thing that stuck out was the the charity angle with the foundation having that background in New York with that charity experience, you know, running a big corporate team um, with a very very large organization, just understanding how that industry works. Even though it was it wasn't like, it wasn't a full time job at all. It was just like a side thing I did at work. Um, and yeah, just look, leaning on that that background, combining my knowledge of games and a fan of games, a fan of the the studio, and putting that all together and just figuring out how we can take what we've done already, which was a lot at the time. Like the team, uh, the team was very small. It's still very small. Uh, what they've done already was huge, and then adding me, you know. We grew our team size by, well, we went from three to four. Uh, that's all the Budgie Foundation is. It's small, right? Cool. We, we, but we are a very hardworking team. Um, and, 
you know, my, my teammates, you know, Christine, our director, and then my teammates, Sunsri and Austin, they basically managed our entire iPad program, the Little Lights program, by hand for years. Oh, yeah. um, like they would set up these iPads, work with the hospitals, put them on through like a, the device management, the mobile device management software, work with, we had, I think, 10 partners at the time, 12 partners. Um, and we, ch- the, the program's changed a bit. Um, and it's a lot more manageable for the team now because the hospital's taken a lot of that work. But they they would spend hours and hours doing all this work, um, setting up these programs to get this pro- to get the, the devices in front of these kids, to get the entertainment to the kids, get the distraction to them. Um, and so a lot of power and credit goes, goes to them for those earlier days. Um, and now we're we're trying to branch out and do more and bring that impact. People always ask, um, like, what do you do? Like, where's the money go? The money goes, and like, there's a bunch of stats you can check on the Game to Give website now. But like, the, the money goes to our iPads program, Little Lights. The money goes to our partners to help out during humanitarian crisis. You know, earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes. Uh, it goes to help out, you know, some of the grants that we've done on the IDE side, like our grant with Yale, our grant for the, with the College Success Foundation. Like our money is actually having tangible effect, um, impact across the world, uh, which is really cool. And I wish people would. And my hope is that people read more about it um, and understand what we do because it's actually really cool. Really cool, really cool. All right, we're just having a little technical yeah, show with Doug here. I'm here. And that was kind of one of the things I kind of want to dive into a little bit, just as you said, of what everything goes for. But you said even early on, the, you know, the iPads for Kids program was kind of one of the big, you know, objectives that you guys kind of spearheaded through the Bungie Foundation. Uh, how did that come to pass? Like, what was it like getting that off the ground? I don't know how much history you know about it and everything. And then where, as you said, it's kind of changed a lot. How broad is it now? How many are in the world? And also, if you've got any stories of what it what it does for the kids, like what it is like yeah. for the kids and the parents and everything. So kind of just throwing it back to you to dive into that one, because that's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so it started all with Seattle Children's Hospital right here in our backyard. Um, and the story goes that, you know, at the time, uh, our CEO at the time um, was... Um, in the hospital and he found out that these kids suffered that there was like a whole group of kids at Seattle Children's that suffered from this rare nerve uh disease that caused like crazy amounts of pain for them um and it like broke his heart and he came back and said hey we need to do some, what can we do to help these kids who are suffering from this crazy pain that even adults can't manage you know we're we're an entertainment company we are a gaming company like how can we help them and the task came to Christine, the director at the time, and you know that's how the iPads program grew. We've found a way to put devices into the hands of children, give them age-appropriate content on those devices. So, like, you know, preschoolers get in a certain set of apps and games and software, and then a teenager is going to get a completely different one, right? Because they have different needs. Yeah. So finding a solution for that, that could be managed centrally and easily deployed across an entire hospital without like getting in the way of the clinical stuff that has to happen. 
um, and immediately became a hit. Like families would come to the hospital with their kids. The kid would be sick. Sometimes the kid would be there for a couple of days. Sometimes the kid's there for a couple of months or longer. Sometimes the kid has to come back on a regular basis for treatment. Um, and like knowing that when they got there, that they had this small little thing that would just help them calm down, distract them during a procedure or just fall asleep. Or, you know, even during COVID, it became a huge communication tool, mm-hmm. right? Finally allowing, you know, kids to talk with their family who may not be allowed in the hospital because of the restrictions that were in place at the time. So like it evolved over time with COVID, our model evolved and grew because we needed to, we could no longer visit these hospitals and work hand in hand with them to set up the program. So we figured a way how to essentially grant money to them, give them the expertise of how to set up this program for them, work with them to implement it. And then the hospitals then run with it. And that's allowed us to grow. So we, we have 15, 14 or 15 hospitals now, not even just hospitals, we've gone into like specialist schools uh, as well for um, you know kids with developmental issues, behavioral issues. We just got into a school for the blind in Florida. Wow. Like we're getting into like some really specialized um, niche areas that never had a solution to help these kids learn or get distracted or just be entertained and help their their stay. Um, we also expanded globally over the past year. We're in we're in Germany now, and we're looking. We have some others as well coming up. We have one in Canada, so it's growing and it's been. We the the. Uh, we don't have to worry about uh, telling people about the program. We have like a queue of hospitals coming to us asking, hey, can we get your program installed um, on our, in our system? We, we've heard about it. We love it. We want to make it happen. So it's like a, just a lot of work to get it set up. Yeah. Is there, I mean, obviously what we're doing right now, I mean, you, we looked before, I was trying to check the number to see where we're at and. Did we hit it yet? Nine thirty-six so far. Not quite, but working okay. on it. Uh, All right. But yeah, just like the efforts of you know days and these drives that you guys do. Is that a point where are there hospitals and programs and things that are? You said they're coming to you at this point. Is there? There's a limitation at some point financially of how far it can go. So is there a line? Is needs priorities stuff like that? Kind of how to choose where the expansion goes next. It's less of a, a financial burden or restriction it's more of a a bandwidth and a challenge you know we have a small team but a lot we have to work within the hospital system and that's can be difficult based on their it infrastructure their willingness from the hospital side to kind of adapt this new program and manage it um you know it was easier when we were saying we would manage everything all the devices for you you know, the clinical staff would just hand them out and then the back ends, our team would handle it. That's not scalable at all. And we learned very quickly. So it's kind of, it's educating them on the benefits of the program, showing them the impact that this can have um, to their, their child life program uh, within the hospitals. 
um, and, and really just getting it set up. You know, working in the medical field is challenging. Uh, it's, you know. Oh, to say the least. Yeah. So get it, there's a lot of hurdles that we have to get through. There's a lot of like privacy and regulations that we have to make sure that are covered for, for us and, and the hospitals. So um, it's just a complicated program to get set up, which is really the only limiting factor for us getting more out the door. So it's a combination of like, can the ID department actually execute it? Do you guys have the bandwidth to bring on more people? All of that kind of working together and trying to find something that's going to be also probably a more kids focused hospital as well, because that's where it needs to go. Yeah. How much does yeah. it cost per hospital? Yeah. Is there like a. It, d- it depends on how big the hospital is. Um, you know, so you guys don't think of the money in terms of hospitals like how many hospitals will this fund or whatever you know so there's it it, we we think of it in the terms of um beds if you will um that's so basically the the goal is to have one ipad per bed per room in a hospital so that every kid has access to it right some usually with a lot of hospitals they'll trial it in in one ward or department first um to ensure like slow roll it out and then they'll expand it to the entire hospital. Um, and the size varies. Like some hospitals, you know, maybe 50 beds. There's some hospitals that we have where we have 500 or even wow. more. Um, like there's some hospitals, you know, I think it's Dallas is one of our partners. They're massive. Like there's children's a children's hospital. I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. And Children's Colorado is one of our biggest partners. This massive hospitals. Um where there's, we're literally helping, and this is a cool stat that we kind of uncovered today. Annually, based on the number of iPads that we have and number of beds out, we, an iPad, we get an iPad into the hands of over 500,000 children every year right now with our current Ooh. scope. Wow. Yeah. It was just a crazy stat to think about that, you know, over the over the lifetime of the iPads program, and we're talking about millions of kids that have been impacted by our program. That's like that's very tangible impact where these dollars from Game to Give and our other campaigns go to. They fund these programs, they fund the investment into them and the enhancement and improvement of them as well. Awesome. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm back, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, this is this is really informative stuff and just really cool, you know, to see what's going on. I, I was going to ask you in terms of like now that you've been a part of the program, what was some of the kind of like standout moments to you where it kind of hits for you, where it's just like, okay, we're we're doing something special here. We're we're making a difference. Any particular standout moments for you? So I think they're kind of they're small moments. But we've seen, you know, we'll get a message from an employee at Bungie who said, my kid just had a visit to Seattle Children's Hospital and they'll take a picture of the iPad that the kid is using and it'll have the Bungie Foundation logo on it. And they'll be like, thank you. This like was a lifesaver for well, during our stay here. Like this was amazing. And we've gotten pictures like that from our community as well who didn't even know like the Bungie Foundation existed or that the Little Lights program existed and they will go to a hospital. And these are like, you know, the older generation uh, Bungie fans, right? Mm-hmm. 
and they'll take their kid to the hospital and they'll be like, I just went to the hospital with my kid and I see Bungie's logo on this iPad that my kid is using right now. This is absolutely amazing. And we'll see it on social media or send it directly to us. Mm. And like those small moments is like, this is really cool. Absolutely. When you, when you see those small little stories, those little moments where people recognize and didn't have any idea of this before. And they say, like, I understand why this exists now. Absolutely. So important. And just to provide that comfort, you know, to, to, to people during, during that, these difficult times. Right. And it's, it's important. I think you guys don't get enough credit, you know, the team, like you said, not like this massive team and, and even so many, like you said, you know, veterans of people playing Bungie games and, and destiny for so long and not realizing that these things exist. So kudos to you, kudos to the team, you know, continuing the work, continuing to put that work. Cause it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, and, and it doesn't get enough, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Light on it, you know, in reference yeah. to that. So salute to, to everyone that's working in conjunction with that. It's really cool. Thank Brown. you. Brown, you got a question? Uh, I have a lot of questions. Go for it. Uh, feels like we all, we all got something. So we're just... cooking. We, we got yeah. a lot. We got a lot. <laughs> um, well, I guess my question was originally going to be about your most successful drive, but we now know that's today. How does the team celebrate when you have a big day? Is there any, do you guys have rituals? What do you do? Um, we don't really have rituals, um, you know. You telling me he have e chugging hot sauce every time he raises ten bucks, but you guys don't have any rituals? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> we. I, don't know, we I again, we're we're kind of uncharted territory right now. We've never seen uh, this level of success, um, you know. And to be honest, our our past couple campaigns, um, they were lower than expectations. Um, you know, I think two years ago, Game to Give 2021, it went crazy. We raised like $2 million. Um, it was also a weird time because it was kind of split between two periods. Um, so, and I had just joined the team. That was our first campaign we ever ran, you know, like solo as the Bungie Foundation, not involving other um, organizations. So like, we've been learning ever since then and trying to figure our what figure our way out and like how do we make these campaigns really engaging but i think we need to figure out some type of ritual for for this because this is special like we're at a million i don't want to say it yeah but like we're really close, close to right a million there. bucks yeah. in less than 24 hours which is incredible um you know i, I want to we should celebrate that um but i think it's not us right like we put the campaign together. Sure. We put a website up. We thought of these ideas and strategy. It's the community. We didn't, yeah, we that. didn't raise, donate the money. It's the community that donated this crazy amount of money. Like it's, it's everyone out there. We just take that money and put it to good use. It's the generosity of the community. The gaming industry in general is phenomenally generous and you would never a lot of people would never think that but they really are so that's who we should celebrate and will celebrate you know i think i don't know if you've seen the email that went out at midnight that a lot of people thought was like oh, is this real like we gave everybody who's ever donated to us basically a free emblem like we want to say thank you and i think there's there's a lot of more of that to come you know as we hit milestones like today because again we're celebrating the support 
that they have taken from their pockets and given to us to help further our mission. And what a lot of people don't know about the foundation is that the Bungie Foundation is 99% funded by the community, by donors. We don't have billionaire backers. We don't have corporate backers. Literally our entire budget and all the work that's done is funded through these type of campaigns from our donors. And that's really important for people to realize that they're able to do all this amazing stuff in the world. Yeah. And without them, we'd be, we'd be nothing. Absolutely. No, well said. Well said. The community is tremendous. It's one of the things that any, no one during the good times, bad times, whatever you want to say, when it comes to the community that surrounds Bungie, the Destiny community, it, it's tremendous to see. And to see everyone willingly willing to give their time, set aside those hours, and do something that, that's that's good. And it, it's helpful. It, it, it's the humanitarian spirit, I feel. And it's that that's why I'm always going to have a connection to the game. Like, regardless yeah, yeah. of whatever happens, this is why we, I mean, this podcast was founded for all three of us, you know, our passion for this game and then it's the connection that it brings. So it's so cool to say people kind of like, you know, next man up, next girl up. Okay, I'm going to do my stream. You did this, eat. Okay. Like, it, it's really cool to see it. I, I want to commend you guys. I want to commend E. You know, you've been a, a, a participant for so long and and to see what you're doing in reference to your contribution to that is super dope. And um, yeah, man, this is good stuff. It, it, it doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. But what do you think, E? Oh, I mean... I was flabbergasted today, if that's a fair word to use, because of... It's not one I get to pull out very often, so that works. Um, yeah, like, previous years, I mean, as you said, I hit... I think I hit, like, 3,800 back in 21, and then the previous couple of years were a little lower, but I was like, hey, every year, it's like... It'd been two to three, almost $4,000 that I'd made that I'd helped raise and helped contribute to this program. And I cannot remember what year it was, because I'd been doing this, I look back, it was 2019, I think is when it started. And it was one of the years I went to GCX, and there's one of the years that Bungie was there, and then St. Jude's was there, and it was one of the years when St. Jude's had these little headsets you could put on and would play like a movie. And it broke me. It absolutely broke me. Um, I mean, I'm one of those little cry movies. I hung out in this headset until my eyes were dry. So this is the one where you get to see a... Um, you know, child going through like cancer treatment, stuff like that. And it's the moment that they show you where they ring the bell. It's their last treatments over. And then they go down the hall. All the doctors are lined up on both sides. I'm just like, I was telling my wife this the other day and she's starting to cry. I'm like, don't cry. I was like, this is good. But I was like, same thing I went through emotionally. And that's why I was like, and then this past year, it's like, I lost an aunt to cancer. And my mom was basically not too far of a neighbor helping caretaker and stuff like that through it. And she was there on her final day, but it was multiple bouts of chemo and radiation and all this stuff that they go through. She was 80 though. I mean, she was a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force. She went through, she was a badass lady and she'd been through a lot, but you still see everything that they're going through and all of those things to translate that down to a child. It's on both sides. As Jared said, it's like the amount of pain that these kids are going through on top of watching a parent be helpless to being unable to help their kid. And then if you can contribute that one thing, that little as a distraction sounds like a bad word, but in that moment, that's one of the best things they could probably ask for. 
um, is a way to not think about all that they're having to go through. And it was all of those things have combined helped kind of continue this drive. And that's why just, I mean, yeah, today it's like when we got done, we wrapped up just barely breaking over 5,000. And I was just, I was floored. I mean, just to be involved. I mean, I'm here doing goofy workouts and a couple like nuggets with hot sauce on them and little thresholds. And I'm doing a couple giveaways and things, all little stuff versus as you're talking about what you're able to do to, to truly change a child's life, whether it's save it, um, just ease the pain that's going on. And then just the parents like, I don't have kids, but the idea of a parent watching a kid go through that has got to be one of the hardest things ever. So if you're able to ease that in just the little bit slightest, it makes it, it, it makes an absolute difference. So that's why, I mean, yeah, the record you're looking at today, it's like my little personal milestone. Last year we, I had, you know, kind of broken a milestone just in our community to raise over 10,000. And then this year it's now we're close to 17 or something because it was just thresholds and stuff were going. And it's been, and just to sit the, back there and think, it was like, I, I never thought I was going to have a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And that's doesn't. And, but then to sit here and now like try and do these charity drives and see the community come together and do this stuff. It's always, and if you just take my smaller scale and then just multiply it by all the people who are giving their time, their effort, their energy, and all of these things to put their streams on, to give a place for, their surrounding communities. And it's just like this, a good version of a pyramid scheme where enough people are out there. It is like, you got enough <laughs> people in a community. That's, <laughs> that's, a, funny. that's a, kind of a, don't take that in the wrong way, but it's like a lot of the community and like, and content creators that then have their community. And it's just like the reach can go that much farther. Yeah. 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 If you can, if you can inspire those in your community to then do it their own, and go out on their own. And again, you don't have to like you've raised five thousand dollars this year. That's that's amazing. That's really that's phenomenal. Like there's very few people who can do that. But like if you inspire people in your community to start their own fundraiser, and even if they raise a hundred bucks, but you get ten people to do that, that's a thousand bucks. Then that money adds up. And if you have a thousand people doing that, now you're just talking about exponential stuff. And it. That's why we try to say, and you know, with our campaigns, we we try to incentivize the community to just get involved and offer, you know, these lower tier incentives potentially to maybe make that more attainable to you, and not have that like oh, I can't raise twenty five hundred dollars for that thing. That's ch- that's going to be hard for a lot of people. I get that, but maybe let's to try to incentivize people to do a little bit lower, and that's we've been trying to figure that formula out. Um, yeah go ahead i was just gonna say that uh i really appreciate that the bungee foundation exists because i feel like it has taken this opportunity to grab this community that is so passionate and kind-hearted and i think that's really rare in games even games i really really love um you know sometimes the communities are just toxic and i think uh, destiny's done a pretty good job of staying away from that um, and the people that play the game and it has given players a relationship to the game beyond the game. Cause you know, the, the game isn't always good. I say that as a reviewer, sometimes you just gotta, gotta admit that it, it goes through tough times. Crucible's dead and we got about five months until our next, uh, expansion, a really long season ahead of us. So, you know, but even when times are tough in the game, uh, the reason that we keep, we stay here and we keep making content and, 
doing these these charity streams and all that is because the community and the higher purpose of the the good that the Bungie community can do, I think, is what what keeps people interested and keeps people engaged. I think that's important, not just to the game, although it it certainly does help. Um, but it uh it, it's important, I think, to people's perception of what a gamer is, right? In in the the, the larger world where we're seen as uh, neckbeards and couch potatoes. Um, and I think it's cool to see so many people getting out there and getting active and doing good stuff. It's, it's good just really cool. So, yeah. um, I don't really have a, I don't really have a question. I just want to say that mm-hmm. it's awesome. Plus we get some cool swag. I don't know. Oh, how the much swag's this, late. The swag's I don't late. know how much of this, this destiny swag wouldn't exist without the Bungie foundation. Cause it kind of feels like a good wholesome excuse to just print, you know, Gallarhorn nerf guns and stuff, but it's, <laughs> it's very cool. It, it is. It is pretty awesome. Like, and and I was kind of thinking about this today. It's like, hey, why why is this year's campaign so successful already? I was like, but in a larger sense, like, is it, you know, maybe it's the Desi community was finally waiting for like some good, wholesome, something wholesome to rally around. And maybe this is it, right? We've had to have the best run over the last couple of months, you know? So maybe this was like that kind of like, okay, this is something I can get around. Like, it's good. It's for charity. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And then on the, uh, there's another side of it where it's like to the content piece. Like, I think that charity drives in general and, and fundraising campaigns when you're dealing with content creators, you're giving them new content essentially. Because, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for content creators because I'm not one. Uh, you guys are the experts in that. But like, I, I would imagine that. You know, there's times where you struggle to like, hey, how am I going to engage my community? Like, what what am I going to do in the stream? What am I going to do in the stream? How can I keep this content fresh and unique, bring people in, engage with them, and have a good time, grow my own brand, be successful? And like, I think these types of fundraising campaigns, right, our creators have put a lot of work into like figuring out their streams, these incentives. I mean, Monsters over here is doing hot sauce shots, doing push-ups. Like that would never really happen on a normal stream, right? Like mm-hmm. and you put a lot of thought and effort and you're creating content, new content, fresh content in a time maybe where you're kind of dragging in the game and can't find things to do in the game, meaningful things to do, connecting with your community. It's kind of stale. Like having something like this, I think, is that fresh injection of creativity that I think the community needs, that our creators need, that the game needs, all all in all, and, and coming together around like a good cause. No one can get mad at that. So I think like that, that maybe that's why this is successful because we haven't had this in a long time and at this scale. So I don't know. No, I mean, I think that's a valid thing, but it is, it's, yeah, as you said, it could be any number of factors that go into it, but the timing is possibly a little bit right, but it's also always for the good cause. It, it's almost one of those to where the right reason brings almost that little extra to it for everybody. It's like, hey, if it's another stream or I'm going to be playing this game or whatever, it's like, hey, this is my charity stream. I probably like lost sleep last night just thinking through what I was going to do. Is it all set up right? All that other stuff. And it's normally I'm not quite losing sleep over something like that. It's like, hey, I'm going to go. It's not that level. So it even allows you to jump in more. And then you've got the just the shared combined voices of 
like raiding into raiding and everybody sharing the community throughout the entire day and just everybody working together. Um, it does have that like unique feel when we only get it a couple of times a year. I mean, GCX, I know you guys have been out there like seeing them and like St. Jude's and then what you guys do with direct relief and the little lights program and all that stuff. It's, it seems like whether, I mean, and that's the thing. Some people in chat will say, Hey, it's not a good year. And it's like, only do it if it makes sense. But it's also the idea of like, can you spare a cup of coffee tomorrow? Because it doesn't have to be a lot because it's all the little stuff that adds up. And that's the, sometimes that some people need a little bit of a reminder, even if it's just like a random content creator saying, Hey, you want to, you know, make your dinner at home tomorrow and help out a kid with an iPad in a hospital room. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the, probably the easiest thing I've ever been able to do in my life. It's like, that's an easy give. So those are, those are awesome. Uh, one thing I did kind of want to ask you, though, is the other side of the Bungie Foundation. The big one is direct relief. You mentioned disaster release and those things. I mean, I've got my Maui shirt. I think I, yesterday I wore my Haiti shirt. Um, those are easy, like, to cool to get the shirts back. But I want to know more about working with direct relief and dealing with disasters because that's, like, another huge pillar. And did that come after the Little Lights? Like, how did you transition into working with direct relief as well? Like, how did that all come together? That came before the little lights, oh. actually. Oh. Um, and it came before the Bungie Foundation was oh, wow. actually was a thing. So yeah. our work, and again, this is not something that Bungie did. This is something the community like asked for, right? Our work in the humanitarian space, disasters, um, extends back to I believe it was Hurricane Katrina. It was the mm -hmm. first humanitarian fundraiser that Bungie did, uh, 2005. Um, and that was something led by the community. They wanted to do something. Employees here, you know, Bungie at that point is tiny, right? Like, not the studio we are today. Um, and so we rallied and we did a fundraiser for Katrina. I forget. I have the stats somewhere. Um, I think it actually might be on our website um, how much they how much we raised, but it was, it was crazy. And then I think the next big one after that, then we had a, several after we had a, a Haiti earthquake. We had the tsunami and earthquake in Japan. And I think Nepal was the one that really kind of blew the hinges off the door. Um, and I think by that time, the Bungie foundation had been established. The Bungie foundation was founded technically in 2010. Um, Although we really didn't have campaigns like we do now, um, it was more much more reactive and trying to figure out what 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 the purpose was and mission was back then. But through those earlier campaigns, and I think it was Nepal where we raised a million dollars for selling the T-shirt and the emblem. Um, and to this day, people still wear it. I think it's it's beautiful art that was designed for it. Um, and so we started working with partners like Direct Relief through those campaigns. Um, and again, at that time, they were just one-offs, right? They were, we raised a lot of money. The community wanted to do something. They felt strongly about it. We found a partner to work with, and we were able to give a lot of funds um, to Direct Relief and some of the other organizations we worked with. As we found ourselves in a better financial position and more formalizing, you know, the mission of the Bungie Foundation our community had been asking for it for years, so we felt very strongly about humanitarian aid being a core pillar of the foundation moving forward. So that's why we have three pillars of children's health and well-being, humanitarian aid, and ID&E. 
And so we are able to, do, so, so we now work regularly with Direct Relief as a partner. We've expanded to include Team Rubicon as one of our um, strongest partners and also the International Rescue Committee. All phenomenal partners, all serving within that humanitarian aid space, but a little bit different. Like each of them operate in a little bit different areas um, in their own specialty. They definitely have some crossover, but with those three organizations right now, we have the ability to impact global communities um, through their work, you know, at the, you know, drop of hat. And they've been amazing partners to us um, and we love working with them. Cool. You're muted, Cog. Sorry, that's, <laughs> I was that's, like, that's phenomenal. I saw the mouth moving. I was like, "Yeah, sorry." No, I said it's phenomenal because it shows you it's just more than 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 just that aspect, the disaster relief aspect. I was looking at while you were talking, Jared, in reference to you know the Katrina thing and all and all the different locations that need disaster relief. That is something that is another like huge deal. People are suffering and lose their homes and you know try to figure things out. So again, another worthy cause that it's cool to see you know once you get behind it. It's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think going, kind of going back a little bit to something Travis said that I want to, before I forget about it, um, and again, celebrating our community and like, I think the Destiny community is one of the best, if not the best gaming communities in the world, one of the most passionate, supportive, um, and giving 100%. There's really none other like it. And I think nothing is more evident that than... We work, we've been working with Make-A-Wish since 2001, since OG Halo days. Oh, wow. um, we granted our first wish in 2001 for Make-A-Wish kids. Since then, we've done like 415, I think is the current Ooh. number. Wow. Nothing is more evident of like what this community means to people or what the game means to people than the fact that these kids whose one wish for the Make-A-Wish is to come take a tour and meet the people who have made Halo and Man, Destiny. That's awesome. It's that's, that's humbling. Yeah. We have we have a tour scheduled uh, in a couple months. We have another Wish Kid coming. He's a Destiny super fan. Um, oh, and you know, I think going back to the question you had earlier about like the most impactful moment. Um, yeah. You know, those small moments are great, but I think if you want one where the waterworks really got turned on, <laughs> let's go. Let's um, go. Was uh. Wyatt last year. Um, Wyatt was a Destiny super fan. I mean, this kid knew everything about lore, and he was hey, little amazing. <laughs> um, and he was a bit older. Uh, he was because COVID happened, and we couldn't get him his his wish. Um, and we had a way we had to keep postponing, postponing, and so he was actually entering college for his freshman year um in 2023 he did the tour in 20 spring of 2022 um and he went he's going to college now for like creative writing um he wants to get involved in the gaming industry um and so he came to tour bungee and we were able to bring down all the employees in uh in the studio that day mm. and he come he uh Pulls up in his limo, right? They, they chauffeured around his little limo. He had, he knew he didn't know anything what was going to happen today. He just knew he was going on a tour of Bungie. Um, <laughs> he enters the studio, 
Mm-hmm. And like, there's about 200 Bungie employees in the Man. lobby here. Oh, wow. And they just start clapping and cheering. I swear, like, I'm getting emotional right now. Like, there wasn't <laughs> people breaking down. And like, he did like the uh, a walk of honor, like, through like two, uh, two lines of all the employees clapping. Oh, um, I mean, it's on that. So we put out a video on it, and you can see that moment when he's coming in. Um, it was special. And that kid, he he's a special kid. He went through a lot uh, when he was younger. Unfortunately, he's he, he made it through everything. His parents were amazing humans. Um, we got a chance to talk with them and meet them. Um, it was a really amazing day, and I think for us as Bungie employees, you know, people who make the game and and work here, a lot of times you kind of get lost in your work. You, yeah. you get lost in what you do and you don't realize that the impact that your work has and it it is inspiring kids to push past very, very difficult times to inspire them to want to be a video game designer, be a writer. Um, and I think it's really, really special when we have those moments. And again, that's all because of the community's support. Like we wouldn't be able to put on those experiences without the community giving back and you know, having these moments for kids like Wyatt and changing their life. And I think it's really special. That's awesome. I was like, I'm trying not. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, just go watch the video yeah. and it'll start. Oh, no, it'll just that, it'll turn right on. Yeah, no, I did that once in the VR headset. I don't need to, don't need to do that today. <laughs> yeah, that's even more immersive. Yeah, 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 that was. No, that's that's amazing. I mean, that that would definitely be one. Where it's just, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you get to that moment, you say the make a wish, and their wish is to tour your studio. It's like. Yeah. Of everything you want. Oh, like that, that would just kind of put, put me kind of square in Humblesville really fast just yeah. to say, wow. But that's, I mean, that's awesome that you guys are also able to do that, that you've got some that you're working on. Um, and I think it's, it's really, and you know, you know, he met with a bunch of different d- disciplines within the studio. And yeah. I, I think it's, it's always really, it's very heartwarming to see those conversations happening, especially with a kid like Wyatt, who's just an absolute super fan. Um, they, I don't think they know what they're getting into and like the impact, like it's right then and there, they realize the impact of their yes. work. Absolutely. And it's this moment of like, whoa, and like we'll, we'll chat with them after. And they're like, this is amazing. And like the fact that they give that time and have these very, very long meetings and conversations with these kids is amazing yeah it's full circle it's full circle bro that's that's yeah that's 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 a pretty that's a pretty high high chart topper right there i think that's yeah that's pretty outstanding yeah that's when you know that's when you know you've seen the direct effect yeah right then and there and then you see the joy right i'm sorry getty no no keep going Mm -hmm. you're good no just saying you just see the joy and 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 when you realize what you do how it does affect, and um, yeah, I'm already seeing the visual. You know, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I'm walking through and stuff like that. So yeah, man, that that that's special stuff. That, that that's 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 those are the heart the heartstrings right there. Yes, yeah, that I guess is kind of one. Um, you guys are around, or at least in connection with so much 
heartache might be the right the wrong word, but there's a lot of you get to see a lot of the unfortunate in the world. Right. Things that go wrong, people dealing with tough times, people fighting through very painful things, disasters absolutely just ruining people's lives. Um does that I was like, I have no doubt that that drives you, but does that ever kind of bum you out? Bum you out? Yeah, yeah I was like, like that. Does that get to you too, too when you see it a lot? Yeah. Like, is there a moment where that kind of sinks in? I, I think there's definitely times, especially because we know we can't help for everything, and you know, and yeah. we get we get requests from employees, from from partners, you know from our community, especially like, Hey, can you help in this situation? Can you help this? Can you do this? And like, it's really hard to say no, but like, and there, and there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons that we have to sometimes, um, you know, I, I wish we could, could do more. Um, but again, you know, we're bound by our, you know, our, how much money we have, the op areas we operate in. Um, so yeah, it, it does get tough. I think the one the one thing that helps with that is that I know that when we do say we're going to help in this area or we'll launch this thing or or what it, whatever it may be we know the community is going to step up and they always have. I there hasn't been a single time where we've ever been disappointed with the response from the community for a a fundraiser, a campaign whether that's an emergent one or if it's a, you know, an a, big campaign like the like game to give um so i think yeah you we may get bummed out by seeing some of this you know not so happy stuff in the world mm -hmm. but knowing that we have a community that will support us in whatever direction we go and knowing that we can actually bring impact to people and communities around the globe helps with that and makes us at the end of the day like happy like we've done something we've united together we've established this culture amongst our community that of giving and, and support and generosity super dope gotta switch gears for a moment because i'll be remiss if i did oh. not ask you this oh yeah we got we got some other <laughs> topics to discuss too yeah. um, the name so we know all the, the, the 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 tag on, on the heavy metal poet and then i'm a big destiny music guy so i want to okay. two things. Yeah. okay so i feel that it's you know it's just criminal that this game has not received soundtrack awards Agreed. has not received music awards like i'm the guy every award show <laughs> where is my man's at where, where where is you know the forsaken soundtrack the the what you name it you know it is up there now one thing one track that me and e really go hard for oh, yeah. I think was remember the devils you know what i'm saying the remix joint for the devil so my thing is like one what is your favorite destiny music tracks and then okay. my, my other thing is that i want to talk on your on the heavy metal side some of the bands okay. and stuff that, that, that influence you yeah Let's um go. top destiny tracks let's go so i agree 100 destiny needs to be um recognized for its music because it's amazing it's cinematic it it it's better than a lot of i think movie soundtracks um 100 
and it's so unique. Like the our music team is is amazing. Um, my personal favorite, my my oh. personal favorite soundtrack. Okay. It, again, it's Beyond Light. Ooh, I th- again, there's okay. there's more personal reasons behind that, okay. and just the the theme and and there's a comfort there in my point of view, and just the way it sounds and the mood of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it just hits all the right spots. Again, it, I was listening to it, and that expansion came out at a very specific time in my life, so like it it hits all the vibes yes. that like yes. what I look for, yes. you know, absolutely. It, Deep Stone Lullaby, oh, right? Cool. Like, cool. is there a better? Yeah. Is there an actual better song than that? In I mean, the it's up there. Good. It's up there. I mean, that that when that happened in that raid, I mean, Travis, we were like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. Right? You, 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 you. We first of all, we in space, <laughs> and then yeah, you just exactly you, the, the sound effects in conjunction with yeah, the it's like a muffled play. sound. Everything's a little bit muffled, and then all of a sudden, this track starts playing, and I'm just like, I just want to sit there and listen. Yeah, it's yeah. peak destiny, and then, you know, you with your friends, you got this beautiful skybox, and you hear this most majestic, angelic-like track, <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? And this is during a raid. Like this is, yeah. you know, it, it, it's high level stuff. Yeah. High level that, stuff. So I'm, like- I'm with you there. That one's like and the think, epitome of raid pacing too. Is like you get the crazy yes. encounter, and then it's that moment to breathe. But it is—it's a special moment to do that. That will definitely yeah, will not be forgotten. Lullaby is goaded. We have yeah. to say. I, I would definitely say that. Continue. You, you're about to say. Yeah, something. and yeah. I think I, I don't know the actual name of the track. I'm sure it has a name, mm-hmm. but like the orbit music, the music oh. while you're in orbit. Oh, so, yeah. and I this goes back to like the earlier days where. I can remember playing way too late into the night, like drowsing, dozing off on on the couch and just being in orbit and just hearing that like really calming music that sometimes has a crescendo, but then comes yes. back and it just yep, like yes. mellows out. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's amazing. And it's still there. As I mean, it's yeah. so it's, it has, it's got to have a name. If yeah. not, I'd be very shocked. It, it's a it's music. a compilation of a yeah, bunch. I remember when we had Sky Sky on Sky Lewin. Yeah, from, we um, had you guys yeah, uh, yeah, Sky's and great. Sky's awesome. And, and we we talked about that. Yeah, like the orbit music, right? And and, and then so good. sometimes yeah, you get a compilation of some of some older stuff in there as well. Just very very go it goes hard on that. Um, any so uh, so you got Beyond Light as like a as like your your whole compilation it's like the mood the snow the mm. it's like a biome thing it's a vibe and obviously yeah. lullaby okay all right any other any other tracks you remember just off top or any other moments where it it, it just kind of hit hard oh it might be this track called Athanasia somebody in Twitch right now is telling me that's the Orbit track so you might have a name nice. there nice. we go nice. they're on the nice. Spotify playlist right now nice. um. I I don't know. Like again, my older memory of the music is is a little bit, you know, fuzzy. But mm-hmm. I what I did manage to pick up, I have the is it is it the Taken King, Forsaken, okay. and I don't know. It's a massive collection of vinyl of Destiny Ooh. soundtrack on vinyl that I just ah. got a couple months ago. It was like we had like a a garage sale at the studio uh, oh, and it was like no one wants this absolutely i'll take it <laughs> yeah 
and I, I haven't gone through it all, but like I popped a few of those on, and I don't remember the name of the tracks, but like, like oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, like, so those earlier soundtrack, the Taken King soundtrack is great. Yes. Um, side specifically on there is very yeah. iconic for that last mission. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll see transition back. I know we, me and he were talking about the Devil's Lair. Um, you know, go, goes pretty hard. You know, so on the heavy metal side, man, you got you got to start talking some talk, man. What what, what are these bands? You got you got to live up to the name. We got to know. So, fun fact about the name: um, my old like screen gamer tag was like was Bape Star, Bape? and like from Bape, like a bathing ape, like okay, the, the Nigo's old Japanese clothing brand Pharrell. Yep. Uh, I remember back in the day. That's so damn why I know you talk like that. So <laughs> you got caught like, on that one. Yeah, I, I was exactly like, I can't. I was like, but it was like my it was my PlayStation screen name back in the day, and like it was just that. That's what it was. It had always been. Now I'm like, I can't change this. I'm like, I right, but like it's kind of ridiculous, and like the way it was formatted, it looks weird. And if you say it another way, it looks sounds even worse. So like, I'm like, I got to get rid of this. My headphones, I had like Bose headphones. When you like put them in the app, like you can name them. And I'm like, I don't know what to name them. I was like, here's like a random name, and heavy metal poet came up. I'm like, what? That's perfect. You you telling me you a random key generator? (laughs) Bose, I Bose, yes, yes, Bose, random name in the head in their app is now my my I guess you know social persona. That's kind of awesome. But I mean, in terms of bands, oh man, what do you want to start? Like, so I grew up, I grew up in the, you know, I was a teen in the the early 2000s. So like I'm in that emo, hardcore, screamo era. Okay. I think what you're doing. I got you. Okay. Um, my, you know, my favorite bands, some of my favorite bands, I don't know, I hate to say the the favorite, but Mm -hmm. Alexis on fire. They're, they're up there. Yesterday, I just got the complete vinyl set of Glassjaw. Hey, um, checking in with my homies in there. They 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 go to verify you right now. Keep talking. Um, <laughs> there's another band Thursday. Another band that I loved Ooh. growing up. Um, if you want to talk about some more classic bands, I'll say ACDC. Okay, you know, okay. I'll say you know who doesn't like Black Sabbath. Um, and I just picked up a Led Zeppelin record, original Ooh. press the other day. Um, okay, okay, okay. You're going with the classics. Okay. The more modern bands that I listen to a lot. Um, let me pull up my Spotify right now. Let you know. <laughs> there we go. Ian, Ian, I see you in there. You said you're going. I, I need some some comments on this. He's, he's dropping names now. I need to, I need right. to see y'all in there. Oh, we got they said Pantera. They said Testament. They said ask them about Yellow Card. Oh, they, Yellow Card on your violin. Viol- on your they violin. Said, they said, what's, what's up with that? They said what's so up. So Yellow that? Card. Fun fact. I loved Yellow Card growing up. I played the violin growing up. I was from a kid all the way to college. Yep. I played the violin. I used to rock out to Yellow Card, <laughs> jam out on my violin, playing Yellow Card um, in the background. I had like the I had the book with all like the uh, the riffs for the violin. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, like the Ocean Avenue is their popular one, but I was like breathing more. That's one of my favorites by Yellow Card. Yep, yep. Um, all right, so who did I listen to a lot last year, according okay. to my Spotify? Um, Spotify said. So one of my big bands was actually a new guy, um, Kim Dracula. Okay, all right. He's a he's from New Zealand. Very, very unique. Very, very different. Um, I would encourage you to take a listen. Yeah, Australian cat. Okay, all right, all right. Um, all right, right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else we're I mean, in the building. 
I, you know, I listen to big ba- I listen to bands like uh, August Burns Red, um, Miss May I. They're not too active anymore. Um, do I do some like uh, some Norwegian Viking metal? Um, okay, Mana Marth. Uh, I like some corporate 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 Yes. Ooh. I need to understand what these dis- what what this means. Because um, fierce has a lot to, there's a lot behind it. We know where he's from and we know what he's gonna say. I know where he's from, but I want to know what it means. Let's not judge. Let's see where he goes with this. Uh, I'm judging. Pineapple does not belong anywhere near pizza. Anywhere near okay, in, the, in the same zip code. <laughs> Honestly, it should not even be there. Um pineapple's a no. Uh, the, only good pizza is in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. And, and yeah. New Haven pizza, I don't know. I hear about it. It's I it's I hear it's a thing, never had it. So I'm really talking about like the wedge of wedge. Okay. southwestern Connecticut, like Greenwich area. Greenwich area. I got you. I yeah. got you. Connecticut. But really just New York pizza. and New Jersey. And that's I'm the only thing you. that's really good in New Jersey. So 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 just so let's start the slander now. We 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 are we are not we are not a go a goal with Chicago deep dish. AKA Levine. I think it who is it? It's uh John Stewart as one of the best bits about what Chicago deep dish pizza actually is. Uh, I don't want to paraphrase it because he does it too perfectly and I will yeah. not do it credit, but Please go yes, listen to that because absolutely. I agree Classic. with everything he says. Classic. Okay. That's okay. Fair, okay that's all right. Fair. All right. All right. All right. We, we we got that out there. The, the, so so since you not you know you're slanderous with the pineapple. Um. <laughs> so because I'm a pineapple guy, but I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna, I, I understand you're you're a purist. You're a purist. And I, I got what is what are your what is what yeah, is your what pie? Is your what topic? is your pizza? What yeah. Are, yeah. You, you build one. What down. is it? Uh, generally meat forward. Okay. Um. So. I like to throw on some some veggies, you know. So I'll do like a, I love meatball, like a meatball sausage okay. pepperoni. All right, um, all right. Maybe throw some some peppers. Okay, we got peppers. I like all a little right. bit of spinach, maybe a little couple of ricotta dollops on there. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we get the ham oh, and bacon. Yeah. It's like man, eh, it's like breakfast food. Um, yeah. Certainly no like ground beef. That I'm not asking for a hamburger on my pizza. Um, oh, you real specific with it. So yeah. what about the, so none of that? No exotic. We ain't no buffalo chicken. None of that. None Don't of that. I'll okay. do it. Okay. Like first of all, actually, I really appreciate a barbecue chicken pizza that has a red a red sauce base though with, with a barbecue sauce. drizzle. Okay. I don't like the barbecue sauce on the bottom. No, you sound like E now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is I e. have a e. whole is picky food situation. No, I just like I don't hear a whole lot of people mention barbecue chicken pizza. But if a barbecue pizza is done. Well, whether it's the balance side, I haven't actually don't know if I've had the red one, but I could see that with the drizzle for that little bit of kind of sweetness on top. 
But yeah, I'm like, I'm simple. I just like a good pepperoni pizza. Like mine's... Like you always yeah. qualify every food opinion you have with if it's done well. As if anybody's yeah, always, out here. Like, it, I love it when it's done true. not well. I'm sorry. I love it when, it when it's not done well, it's my favorite. It's still great. <laughs> Who is saying that? Why, why do you, why would you ever include that as a preface of a sentence? Well, no, I will say no to that point. Macaroni and cheese is still good, but well, it's still mac and cheese. To that point, I will take a average to subpar New York, New Jersey slice over pretty much pizza from any other place in the world. Hold on. I, I think we get out more, the man. Entire... There's a lot of good pizza out there. I feel like this is a you problem at this point. I mean, I get it. I get it. There is something special about a very simple old school New York pizza. But if you have closed your mind off to all of the great types of pizza out there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, still... I've got questions, uh -oh. sir. Yeah. My mind's not closed. You know, I will eat it. I, you know, I have to have pizza, even though, you know, it's in my DNA and my blood. So, like, I have to have pizza. So, like, I will suffer through other pizza and you know, there there have been instances where i have found good pizza that okay. maybe is not the new york style or even from new york new jersey okay. so i i will you say that i'm pizza. not that's I'm what not you did right psycho <laughs> yeah but, all right all right but i will say i feel very strongly about the pineapple i feel very strongly about ranch why are you dipping ranch? Oh, please don't do that. Ranch? Now, I live in Texas, unfortunately. I watch people do that. Yeah, don't do that. Oh. Mm -hmm. And if I see you with a fork and a knife. <laughs> oh, we got to get you out of the room. We got to get you out of the room. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Physically remove the fork I mean, and the knife and you from my. And nice I want to see you eat a Chicago deep dish pizza without a fork and a knife. Good luck, Again, sir. That's technically not pizza. That's technically it's not, not pizza. pizza. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, back for Daddy's from Chicago. That's my whole okay. Uh, I have a requested question, <laughs> and, I, and I'm curious about this because I have my own thought. But anyway, um, we have to ask you about ketchup. Okay. That's all I've been told. Ketchup. Yeah. In what, general. What okay. is there an opinion, a thought, hate, don't like, gotta have it everywhere, don't touch it at all? What's going on? So there's I, a reason this is brought up in chat. <laughs> okay. I love ketchup. Ketchup is good on most things. It needs to be Heinz. Don't give me hunts. Don't give me some organic like store brand. Don't give me some gourmet ketchup. Heinz. Heinz fifty seven. That's all I want. Right, right. Oh, it's your cousin is asking you to explain. Uh, I figured. I so I love ketchup. When I okay, figured that was. I, I had a feeling that this was going to come up because I saw a text message pop up on my phone. Um, <laughs> Gotta so love when you get roasted by your uh, others. I was. I was a. I was a very picky eater when I was a kid. It's still oh my picky. god, you too did. Right here, yep, you too have so, bonded now. But I hate I ketchup, used, so that's different. <laughs> Oh, why? What do you dip your fries in? What do don't. you put on a burger? I don't. He's, he's he likes ranch. Keep going wrong with these like, questions. He likes bland food. I think he's trying. No, no, to no, 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 like no, 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 no. I don't like bland food. Like I don't like a bland yeah. burger. No. No sauces. Yeah. No, no. Clarify how sauces, no seasonings. The most no sauces. Okay, seasonings. yeah, that's the problem. Is a lot of people don't season their food and they cover it with a bunch of shit. So then, if you get to the base ingredient of like, hey, is this hamburger a good patty? No, this is garbage. I've had much better patties. I just don't put a lot of extra stuff on it because I don't like I don't like condiments. Typically, is it? I don't like yes, mayo, yeah, mustard, ranch, relish. Yeah, we yeah. Go. So I don't like that, and that's fine. But I'm saying if a patty is 
well made, realize, e, cooked well. The patty can be well made, and the sauces can be well made as well. well. You, what'd you say? Two <laughs> things can be true. <laughs> yeah, they, they can, can both true. be good. They can both be good. But I'm just saying, like, if just because I don't like the sauce can be my choice, that's fine. But if the base thing sucks, yes, but don't justify it by being like, oh, it doesn't need sauce. But that's also how you fix okay, no. bad food, too. That is how you fix yeah. bad food, that see? And that's and like... Stop I'll... eating bad food with sauce on it. Just get good food and put good sauce on it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Show. I like that. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you okay, can't well, justify that just I've because got people, you like, can say that about anything. You could be like, oh, yeah, bad You know, day with chocolate at the end of it is a good day. But it doesn't... You know what I mean? Yeah, Try but I've also got like down here in Texas, like brisket is a thing. Like brisket mm. for barbecue is a thing. I'll spend 16 hours making a brisket outside, have this little meteor when I'm done of just like this perfect bark and everything. And it just melts apart. And if the first thing somebody reaches for is barbecue sauce, I'm like, stop, just taste the base. Like there's, a, I actually saw a funny interview. There was a barbecue restaurant somewhere roaming around Texas. I was, I was watching some of these and they're like, we don't even have it on the table. They're like, where is it? I'm like, you don't need it. It shouldn't need it. And that's kind of the thing too sometimes is it's not a need. I understand it can complement. And it's like, I like teriyaki. There is some barbecue I like. And there's some sauces I've learned too that I do actually like, but there's just a lot of sauces I don't like. I don't like a lot of vinegary based things. So that takes quite a bit out. Yeah, go to ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ketchup, yeah. So <laughs> ketchup though. Take 16 hours to make, by the way. So when I was, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, very picky. And we'd go to fam- we'd have family parties, um, and I wouldn't eat most um, foods um, besides like starches and like turkey. Um, yep. <laughs> so I would like basically get ketchup and dip my turkey at Thanksgiving in ketchup, and oh, also make savage. like ketchup sandwiches. Like I would take a a hot oh, dog. I'm sorry, bun, what? Catch a hot dog yeah, bun. No hot dog, just ketchup. You was doing ketchup sandwiches. You're just doing a tomato sandwich oh, at that so point. What about, like, what about let's, let's get controversial. Let's get wild. What about all eggs? My, my man Jared put, is like. Do you, put, do you put ketchup on eggs? Do you put ketchup on eggs, sir? I I don't. Uh, I mean, salt, pepper, ketchup, right? That's a New York thing. Um, yeah. I I like hot sauce on eggs personally. Okay. I've oh, had ketchup yeah. on eggs. Um, I wouldn't not eat it, but it's not my jam. Really, it's not your jam. My man Jared is. My man Jared is putting ketchup on his napkin so he can. Yeah. Oh, I, love, I mean, I love ketchup. Get, get a little, get a little extra. It's the king of condiments. Is there a better condiment yeah. than ketchup? I don't think there is. What Lots about uh, are you relish guy at all? No relish. Yeah. Well, let's just get to the hot dog. Let's go hot dogs now. now. I will give the Chicago contingent that are very furious with us in the chat right now about the pizza slander. I do think their hot dogs are fish. I will give their hot dogs. But like, are you a hot dog guy? And, and I, what I kind do of look, just ketchup only on the hot dog? No, no, no mustard, no, no, nothing, no relish. Oh no, no. I so I New I'll York do dogs? I'll do hot dogs up, but I'll, I'll draw the line at weird stuff like cream cheese. Like yeah, no. they do that here in Seattle. I'm like, oh. Ooh. Ooh. no, it's probably I'm Greek like, yogurt up there. I'll do I'll do ketchup <laughs> mustard. I love a good chili dog. I love okay. chili dogs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah. Ketchup mustard usually, uh, maybe some grilled onions, yeah, right. chili. Ronald Reagan said that ketchup was a vegetable. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, okay, go with the tomatoes. I, I don't even know if I can defend that on yeah, any I mean, sort tomatoes of Tomatoes aren't even a vegetable, so <laughs> right. it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah like, I, don't, I don't know if you're, yeah, that doesn't quite pretty work. Tough. It's a pretty tough one to describe. <laughs> no, I get, a, I get a lot of a hard time from these two about my, my eating habits and... 
It's not quite as bad as they make it out to be, but I definitely was a picky eater growing up to where hamburger, plain and dry. Like that was like a, bur- a bun and patty. I feel like it's more <laughs> savage than my bun and ketchup. <laughs> disgusted Jared's face. I know. Jared's like, whoa. And patty. Now I used to do Ooh. that. Like, right. I, Just put some, squirt some water in your mouth while you eat it, I guess. Chew it. <laughs> Tell them about egg sauce. <laughs> oh, that's it. Y'all are messy. Earth um, sauce. He likes right. earth sauce. He likes earth sauce. God's gift. Water. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'll drink water. water. No. It's the only they, sauce that he messes it's with. the only earth sauce, sauce. I'd, I have is earth sauce. Just water. No, they're... Uh, no, like, now I'll do a burger with, like, caramelized onions, avocado... Occasionally, I'll do a bacon cheeseburger, but I don't want like lettuce, tomato, mustard, relish, none of that on there. So it's like my only a few things on there that I like. What's wrong with the lettuce, tomato? Lettuce, I'm okay. Tomato, just never been a fan of like raw tomato. I'll do like a tomato sauce or anything like that, but I just don't like a raw tomato. You're gross. We've never had a good tomato. The worldview is disgusting. Well, I mean, I know if you do like salt and pepper on a good tomato, like I've seen them done well. It's just. It's not real. Wait, wait. Do you? I just got to ask. I don't know about this. So salads are tomato free with you. you, you I don't do so salads because I, okay. Oh, we ain't even doing this. Oh, yeah, no. You, you have to put maybe some, some dressing on that. No, I mean. no, I don't right. do salads because I don't like dressing. Hence the not wanting to eat salad. I will eat vegetables. I will not do salad. Now I will say whoever, like our neighbors, um, we've had dinner with them and they made a salad that I ate. It had... Like lettuce with, and they just like little olive oil, salt and pepper into the, you know, like where you massage the leaves. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. breaking them down the bitterness. I've learned this a little okay, bit of okay. avocado, a little bit of apple. And I actually ate the salad. And I'm sitting there going, that was good. But it's because it wasn't a vinegar dressing and that type of stuff. But generally, no, not going to do it. Have you, wait, so you don't like like balsamic vinegar? Not really. I've, oh my God. He doesn't like his, he doesn't like anything nectar. to be wet. No wetness on his food. I'm glad you said like the food there, because that's going to bring up a whole different discussion <laughs> of problems. So thank you, by the way, for that. Hey, your mind went there, okay? I'm just you, You're the one who said me. it. That no, was, I've had... Now, okay, I will say I've done a have like part balsamic, part soy like glaze on asparagus. I've done that, but it's just like straight balsamic, probably on lettuce. Yeah, I know. I'm losing the battle to everybody yeah, in chat. Yeah, you don't like the it's second fine. best fruit. What's tomatoes the are the best fruit, fruit, brother. We, we, uh, we, we, we love you for who you are. Tomatoes are <laughs> it's what you love. It's what you love. Hey, at least I know Jared and I can share a tequila shot till you know we're both on the floor. So that's fine. Hey, now there that's a vegetable. An agave mm. plant. Great. Tequila's great. It's uh, you know, vegetarian, God, all natural, vegan, all natural. and natural. we'll call it a vegetable. Yeah, yeah, great. All fruits that become liquids are suddenly vegetables. <laughs> I don't know I mean, what if it Reagan, is. If Reagan's going there, I'll go there too. <laughs> With what that makes a bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Oh. Um, Hilarious. I was like, we can probably chat with you all night, but I do want to make sure we respect, yeah, we respect your time as time. we're getting we close. The time. Um, honestly, like the work that you guys do is amazing. Um, I think we were. I was trying to like wait and see if we would actually get there but i think we're just going to be close right now so far we are at nine hundred and sixty-eight thousand for the overall game to give drive so far that is just absolutely bananas so close um totally bonkers um and it was a like it was a pleasure meeting you at gcx we you know chatted for a while out of the pool had a drink and stuff like that and then having you on here for this was perfect um absolutely just getting to know why you guys do what you do, where all the money goes and all the stuff that it does. And just 
it is the stories, it is the little moments that you experience that will sit with you, that will you will remember. Like when you talk about the Make-A-Wish or the photo of somebody sending that to you, those are the ones that truly make a difference and be like, yeah, I could, I could skip that meal. You can have this. And the generosity in the community is beyond anything right now. Um, for everybody who's donating right now, it's absolutely crazy. No, read it, read it. Barking on a million it. hashtag dog noises. Dog I have, noises. I have three Huskies. So occasionally they will definitely make it onto the microphone. I love it. Uh, now yeah. we I have, use I have a min, I have a tiny miniature pincher, and she often makes it onto the microphone because she's oh. probably louder than your husky and barks at everything. Wow. One of That's one of them cool. maybe, but yeah, I believe you because most of the time ours aren't too noisy. One of them talks a bit though, but yeah, yeah, they're not too much. Um, I'm glad glad Jared pulled up because I uh, got a chance obviously to meet you at, at GCX. Great energy. Obviously, he from the town, so I was biased. I was like, oh, he's from the state. It's I knew you were good. Yeah, it is. And we didn't even get a chance to talk briefly, but I wanted to shout you out too. On, on oh, okay, you take it all <laughs> the way, and why? Okay, all right, I see what we're doing. So it's like one thing I want to respect though is in, in something that I, I really am supportive of, like a health as well, the healthy lifestyle and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, the triathletes and and that what you do, I think is pretty awesome. What you're doing prior, what you got there. I'm assuming you know you're still trying to you know bike or do things to kind of keep fit. Is that still kind of a, a core aspect of, of of trying to stay consistent? Yeah, or it is. When it's um, getting I, older. Yeah, no, I, I it's you know it's the way I allow myself to have a good time and you know not worry about a you know, strict eating habits so much. You know, I, I, I do train. I have, I do a couple of ra- big races every year. Got one in April coming up down in uh, San Diego. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, I got, I got hooked into it when I'm back, you know, probably close to 10 years ago now, started small and then just, you know, I, growing up, I never thought I would do any of this crazy endurance stuff. That just wasn't me. I, I was a, I played basketball, I played baseball. I was a swimmer. Um, I was never like, in, even in swimming, I was an endurance guy. I was like a sprinter. So like mm-hmm. asking me to run back then would be like, no. <laughs> I don't know. There's at some point, uh, I got convinced into doing a race. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then, you know, I like having goals. I like having, uh, you know, something to work towards. So that gives me that kind of motivation to, to accomplish something. and personal best and just try to get better you know even just incrementally um and i think triathlons are kind of unique in that way where you have three different disciplines so like you can focus really in here focus on that one you really should focus on all three so you get better overall but you know sometimes you like doing i like riding my bike more than i like running but (laughs) so yeah it's great I, i love it i would i'm a big uh peer pressure guy when it comes to doing races mm-hmm. and, and triathlons, so you drag so, you, who you dragging at? You dragging people? I don't know. Family uh, through? It's, yeah, maybe I should drag you three into a race. About that. Ooh, maybe maybe oh, that's maybe that's a stretch goal. How about that, Abonis? If, yeah, okay, uh, if, if we hit a double, target, if we all hit three 10, of you, 000, yeah, all yeah, three of you are signed up for a race. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a little out of running shape, but like there was a point where. That's probably been like seven or eight years now. Um, we got into mud runs a lot. So mud runs, obstacle races, those were 
Because then you said you're like, I like riding the bike more than running. A lot of people like doing something other than running, unless you just have Travis is going to um, Travis going to smoke us all. Travis is Travis going to kick everything. Travis, day, baby. Yeah. Travis is ready. Travis is the runner. Travis is the runner. But like obstacle races, and I did. We've done five tough mutters. We did like twelve mud runs in a year once. I did a Spartan Beast, and nearly. That's when I think I injured my IT band. But those. As you said, the goals, and that's when I was training for the beast. Like I signed up for it way in advance. That was like a year. I had a personal trainer was working on that. And it was like best shape I've ever been in. So for goals and stuff, like now had a little bit of a knee injury, working on getting back into running actually now. I've been doing that a little bit more recently. So it's been I miss it. Actually, it's been a little while since I've been out running. And finally, because when we were at GCX, you were given leopard our time. We're going to run at like six. We're going to go. I remember you talking about that. So your peer pressure to be like, we're going to run. Come on. I'll be up. You'll be up. We're drinking right now. I'll be up. We're going like your peer pressure is hardcore. Yeah. It was awful. Never was run like, in summer, Florida. No. Florida. I remember the story. I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like you up there in Seattle, you probably have perfect weather for it almost all the time. I would imagine at least that's a lot very, of it. That's false. That's very false. It's yeah. very wet. No, it, it, it raining. Rain. Fine. Raining, raining all the time. Yeah. yeah. You need to run yeah, with this like personal um, umbrella, over. the size of like small car, but no, yeah. I mean, that's five degrees foggy. He's yeah. San Francisco. But no, like um, finding something physical that you have an enjoyment from that you find a way to make it work for you to be something you stick with is always good. So yeah. yeah if you find, if running is yours, the triathlon, that's my wife knows somebody who's training for those and stuff, but she had like a, an issue with like the swimming part. All of a sudden there was like a, a fear that happened, like open ocean kind of thing hit her. But I mean, other than that, like still the training. So it's Jared is the biggest exercise peer pressure on planet Earth. Who's that from? Eric. Who's that from? Eric. Yeah. 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 Except someone peer pressured me into doing the New York City Marathon and then backed out two years ago. How about that? He did complete it. I'll give him credit. He completed it this year. So, but yes, I, <laughs> yes, I've peer pressured many, many a folk into doing these I feel like you guys could do like a company wide kind of thing if you got enough people at Bungie doing it I feel like there's got to be a lot of people that would up there I'm working towards it I'm trying I was to. like I feel like I feel like that's something you would definitely put together and orchestrate stop or something. taking his callsy nobody at Bungie <laughs> wants to talk to him they know what feel like Jared's calling don't answer it why yeah, just don't, don't answer he's gonna try to get you to run don't do it <laughs> yeah well yeah uh, Gonna say, is there anything else you guys want to cover? I think we've hit a lot of stuff. We hit it, man. We hit it. We got to respect the man's time. We got to get get him coming on. Yeah, Jared. Well, anything else? Don't we have a surprise? I was like, is there anything else towards the? That is true. Towards the end of the show, is there anything else you would like to talk about, sir? I I did promise a surprise. Did we hit a million yet? Maybe Uh, I'll wait till we hit a million. Okay. I was like, we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be talking about food because we got about twenty five, twenty seven thousand to go. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna hit a million. Um, it's gonna happen like sure. an hour after this thing's over, though, easily. Yeah, while I'm eating my, you know, ketchup sandwich um, <laughs> and subpar Pacific Northwest pizza. <laughs> They're going to be suffering right now. He's suffering. Tough day, tough day for Jared up there. Um, yeah. So I do have a special announcement, an exclusive, exclusive. last word podcast exclusive. Oh, um, so for game to give this year, we have a lot of. Uh, cool things planned. Um, 
you know, this is by our most ambitious campaign all up in terms of the things we've wanted to invite our community and offer to our community to A, thank them for the support over the years, but also, you know, encourage them to keep supporting us and keep incentivizing them to, to come out and show out and fundraise and donate. Um, but that's important. Like if we don't, if you don't recognize the continued support we've gotten over the years, then we're not really doing our supporters justice. And, um, you know, we've implemented a lot of fundraising rewards lifetime, um, which have been well received and we're still working on building that program out um, even further. This year, uh, we're going to introduce some donation, lifetime donation rewards that are coming out soon. Um, so that is, I, people have been asking that for a while because people have been donating for a long time. Yeah. But that's not this, the news. The news is on February 1st, the, we are hosting a, a Game to Give charity live stream. Uh, we're bringing back our prize wheel that we had a couple of years ago. Nice. We have a ton of prizes. Uh, we're, we're streaming live here from Seattle. And we have a very, very special guest who's going to be on the stream with us. Um, and that guest is, I'm not telling you now. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to wait and find out. Uh, so the only way to find out, though, uh, is to A, follow us on socials. B, make sure you follow the Bungie Foundation Twitch channel. Bungie Foundation has our own partner channel. We will be streaming that live stream from it on February 1st with our special guest. And we will be releasing more info about the stream over the coming weeks, weeks, over the coming week. Um, <laughs> and really, it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we've been putting some really hard work into it. Um, I'm really glad that we're going to be able to live stream again for the charity and Big Do. It's going to be like a three or four hour stream. Um, I'm very excited for the guests. You guys have any any guests? guesses on who it might be i'm not going to give you any reaction i'm just curious of who you might think he's back keith Keith david Mm. keith david would be great great. uh nathan fillion would be my nathan fillion would probably blow me away (laughs) nathan fillion would be nuts uh you know what three geeks is calling nathan fillion we got a couple of those in chat what you got trav um I think actually, you you do a guess first. I already did one. Mm, yeah, because no, I was thinking I was more with the Nathan. I was like, you know, right? It'd be okay. right on schedule. I'll, I give, mean, I'll give the correct answer. Got? Special That's guest Keanu Reeves. Jared's gonna, be, Jared's gonna be so <laughs> impressed. I got it right. He's just gonna tell the world right now. He's just gonna break it. It will be Paul McCartney doing a live rendition of "Hope for the Future" <laughs> on live stream. Nailed it. That's it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Got, it. got it. in one. Cast out of the back. Him, that's it. Yeah, he's not going to be there in person, though. He's going to send his hologram, just like the yeah. music video. Yeah, yeah just got to do it that way. Well, I guess there's no surprises to tell anymore. So. That's it. I mean, sorry, guys. We had to ruin that for you. We apologize. <laughs> I was like, I feel, I, yeah, I was like, I feel like Nathan Fillion, Keith David. I don't know if you go pull some of the uh, execs out and pull like Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy in. I'm, those are the ones that I could think of, at least related. Yeah. Like we actually just got done talking to Morla Gordon Donut, like not yeah, that long awesome. ago. She was awesome too. Yeah. Um, awesome. 
But yeah, those would probably be the bigger names I could picture. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll, well see. We'll see. I think we'll we find keep, out. Yeah. It's Paul McCartney. We just don't know it. So it's fine. Yeah, we just don't know. Holographic. You know, I was thinking maybe we would like announce who it was going to be, you know, when we hit the million dollar mark, but I oh, guess gosh. that's about to happen. So we got to go back to the drawing part, there drawing right. board on the announcement. We'll figure it out. But yeah, we'll stay tuned. Uh, like, honestly, there's going to be a, a ton of like stuff and giveaways and really, really awesome, rare, one of a kind pieces you can mm. potentially take home. I can imagine nice. there's a lot of cool like concept oh. art roaming around your building that people would be really happy to have. <laughs> so that's awesome that you guys are February first. Follow us. For, Do you have a for... time or is it like the whole damn day or nah, it's in like ten AM. Okay. Pacific. Of course. We got it. No, you're gonna go Hawaiian time. <laughs> got it. We put the Twitch up in there. Yep. The so twitch.tv slash bungee foundation. Mm-hmm. Those are there. Yeah, go follow, go look it up. It's got the cool heart emblem. You'll find it. That's awesome, though. Um, That's no man. When you guys put together live streams from the ones that I remember in the past, it's been a little while, but they're always a good time. So I'm excited to see what you guys do with this one, yeah, especially as gonna... you're off to like this rocket of a start. I'm kind of curious what yeah. you come up with. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a little bit zany. It's gonna be it's gonna have some good moments, like uh, some mission moments. Um, some other stuff I can't talk about because I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> You're going to have to sit tight. Well, I think February 1st will be a very fun day then. Indeed. Well, as, uh, as we get ready, um, I know that's the big announcement, but just for you personally, if there's anything else you want to mention for anybody who listens to this, whether it's why, what you do, where to find you, just anything you want to say for kind of closing words, the floor is completely yours. Uh, yeah, just, Thank you. I think really that sums it up. Um, again, this community has been amazing. The support that we've seen over the years. And I mean, the start we've had to this year's campaign is just incredible. Uh, nothing that we do would be possible without the support of the community and their like unending support year over year, campaign after campaign. So thank you, honestly. Um, I, I can't say it enough. Uh, you guys, uh, really step up to help out when it's needed. So thank you. February 1st stream Ooh. game to give gear. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney is going to be there. Honestly, hope for the future is kind of an appropriate song for Bundy foundation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all right. Uh, good outros. What are we doing yeah. guys? What we got cog. Look, man, again, shout out to Jared for pulling up. Uh, tremendous organization. Love what the community is doing. What, love what you guys are doing. I know it's not easy work and the planning and all the challenges that goes in, but you see that reward, right? You see what the actual tangible help and assistance gives to people and, and just pretty much changing lives, you know, in that respect. So salute to you. Send our loves to the entire team. We love it. Destiny Community is still one of the best communities. And to see the support and the continued support, it, it, they ain't going to get that million. I mean, we, we already know that's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, that's happening, about happening that. later tonight. Yeah. yeah, but salute. Appreciate it. Of course, it's my New York brethren, man. It's my New York brother. Hey. And got a chance to, to break bread with you. Awesome energy. And definitely looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much for pulling up to the last word trav what you got going on with you man yeah thanks jared thanks for being here you're awesome um as for me 
my full review of uh, Power World will be up probably early next week. Um, <laughs> I've got that is something else. <laughs> preview. I've got a preview of. Uh, I don't even think I can say what it is, but I got a preview of a game that's coming up uh, in February uh, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna have uh, sometime probably also early next week. And uh, yeah, I'm working on some other projects I can't talk about yet, but uh, mm-hmm. it's exciting, exciting time nice. for games. Also, and I forgot. E. Yeah, before yeah. we pass the um again, uh, guys, uh, obviously Iron Lord Podcast this Sunday, come check it out. We'll have um Harold uh, Goldberg, executive president of New York Game Awards and the New York Video Games Critic Circle. So come check that out. That'll be cool, as well as Ryan, the new uh, president. And uh next week uh, non-spoiler, but tune in to the New York Game Awards next week. It should be fun. That's my little surprise. <laughs> it should be fun to go see All right. and uh, and Neil Druckmann will be there as well and we'll we'll give him his his legend award so we're looking forward to that now e what you got going on what's going on what you, what you got i don't know if i can follow all that Sorry. uh <laughs> no i'm gonna probably rest tomorrow after everything i did today uh yes. just a little bit no i mean does all the community is as jared said it's all of all of everybody out there thank all of you for the generosity the kindness and um yeah it's like you guys know i'm gonna be here making guides and content and streaming and hanging out with all of you but Today was a special one, um, and to see that we're going to crack a million as a community in less than 24 hours, probably in the next hour, as things are moving along, um, mind-blowing. So keep doing what you're doing. If you have it, and you can spare it, it's going to one one of the best places it could go, probably just helping out the people in moments where they need it the most, across all of the pillars that they do, so... Jared, it was an absolute pleasure. It was our honor to have you on the show and had an absolute blast, man. I knew this was going to be fun and it definitely got there. So had the had, had the real moments and had the absolute goofy moments and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah, this is great, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, for episode number 280, not too far from 300, we're getting there. Um, for this episode, chat, you guys have been amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. And Jared, say hey to everybody up in the studio for us as well. So... Uh, we wrap this thing up on this episode. It has been the last word. word.